From the earliest British settlements on the shores of Virginia, to the treacherous swamps of Louisiana and the isolated mountains of Appalachia, the American South has a rich history filled with eerie legends and mysterious hauntings. Join me, Brandon Schecksnyder, as I journey into its underbelly, exploring these tales of loss and heartbreak, tortured souls and spirits of the past, documenting ghost stories and legends amidst rich soundscapes and an eerie original soundtrack that can only be found on my podcast, Southern Gothic. Hello, hello, hello. Bye. Bye. Did I do it wrong? Did we just start? Did We're we doing it in start? reverse. We're doing the podcast in reverse. All right, everybody, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I really don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> I don't either. I just need everyone to know that I am potentially suffering a stroke i'm having i I am in so much pain that i can feel color um why are you always in pain i'm not always sick i just have a headache today i haven't been sick for like two episodes now i'm gonna fucking roll i'm gonna be dead next episode oh my god no next episode is katie's funeral no that would be terrible would you keep doing the show i would do a podcast yeah for the for the funeral. Would you just leave like empty silence for my lines? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just leave empty silence. That would be so sad. Candle still burning. I would have to all of the people who just started listening to us would be so so very sad. Yes. Wherever the fuck they came from, girl. Yes. Well, guys, thank you for letting us in. Thanks for letting us in all the way in. All the way. Deep. <laughs> so you not just the dip (laughs) definitely not (laughs) now um so you just heard a uh promo from a way more professional podcast than ourselves so 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 good from our friend brandon Mm -hmm. over at southern gothic one of my probably one of my favorite podcasts that i I listen to i feel like his voice like he could read me Literally anything. Like, I mean, I'm glad that he's reading me spooky shit that I like. Spooky Southern shit, which makes it even better. Right. But, like, I feel like he could read me anything. Well, that's what I really appreciate about it. I mean, is it just really take... Like, I love the... I just love the vibe. Like, I love that it's all about, like, Southern Gothic shit, man. Also, he does his research, like, really, really well. Um, So, you should definitely check him out. He is very cool. Um... He does new episodes. Um, his last episode was May 7th. So I, I think he does episodes uh, every Monday or maybe every other Monday. It is every other Monday. Because he's like profesh and does things. Um, anyway, you should check him out. Um, you can just Google Southern Gothic Podcast or you can go to SoGo Podcast on Twitter. Um, and you should listen to him 
And if you are interested in him, um, he's actually up for an award right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you should vote for him. That's also a good podcast to listen to, especially if you're not, like... Because they're fairly, like, quick episodes. They're, like, yeah. in the 20, 25, whatever minute yeah. range. If so. you don't have, like, a fucking hour to sit here and listen to us bullshit about stuff that we halfway researched... <laughs> if you, if you have, have a life if you don't have an hour to listen to us read to you from wikipedia no i'm just kidding for real i love that i'm saying that though on an episode where we actually like did a lot of research we actually really did, <laughs> yeah, did. this is uh, actually our episode when we get to talking about it it's uh it's gonna be a two-parter guys two-parter. our first two-parter because we actually researched that much uh-huh are you surprised we did work y'all we were surprised <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real. But before we get into today's topic, we have to talk about this that I have in my hand. Katie, they can't see what you have in your hand. That's true. We did go over that last week. They can't respond to us or see what we have. You usually get Which is good because I'm not wearing pants this episode, y'all. Your girl has a headache, mm-hmm. which means no pants. Trust me, honey. Some days we just have a face for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. Probably most days, actually. Yeah, most days, definitely. Yeah. But what she is holding in her hand is this beautiful, well, uh, it's a hellish, beautiful piece of art from our dearest, dearest friend and my personal, what would I, my I would call her? My personal lord and savior. I would call her <laughs> my hellish godmother. I fucking love her. In all the ways. In the biblical way. Yeah, no, totally. I could not say... We, we don't we even mention who this was. Her name is Sickwix. Yes. So, if you have an Instagram account, if you do not have an Instagram account, make it an Instagram account. And then, look up Sickwix. S-I-C-K-W-I-X. Um, that is our girl. She makes these sick-ass candles, and they are all horror-themed. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have today is a Leatherface candle, mm-hmm. um, and the scent is Satan's Den. And let me tell you something about her scents. What I really, really appreciate is, like, she has the most unique scents, like, that, mm-hmm. that I have ever really smelled, and they are very, like, they have a... They have an amazing throw, mm-hmm. and they last forever. They really do. And they also, like, they're they're unique, but they're familiar mm-hmm. in a weird, like, they they are very, I don't know, they just always make me think of Halloween, and they, like, in fall, and I don't know. Uh, what's the one? A hot, what's, steamy Satan, like, just giving the, you a nice massage and a fucking... Oh, this candle, this candle smells like a man that's going to take care of you. And I mean, like, he's going to, he's going to really take care of you. Uh-huh. He's going to make sure you're really relaxed. Uh-huh. Maybe dead. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the pink one that I like? The pink glitter one? What's so that So that's your, that's her, um, that's her Night of the Demons candle, and that scent is, um... Possessed in pink. Possessed in pink. Yes. Cool. Uh, that that is a really really good scent, and that's one that's less um like if you're not really into fall scents. Yeah, it's definitely that's girly, but a bit the more. candle has um like really pretty like pink uh, glitter in it, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like I said, it's Night of the Demons theme, but she has a bunch of different candles, um, all things from different horror melts. movies, wax melts. She is literally the most, like, amazing person to shop from. And also, she's just fucking fun to follow on Instagram. Like, fucking I mean, you should definitely man. shop with her, but you should also just follow her Instagram, because she is so fucking cool. Her Insta stories are, like, a thing of beauty. Yes. And art. That I just, like, look forward to when I wake up in the morning. Oh, yeah. Anytime like, I see that I there's a new, like, Insta story from yeah. her, I'm okay. like, whatever. I'll yeah. be at work and just, like, play it in the middle of work, and I'm just, like, you know, I For get sure. look. I get looks sometimes. It's fine. Sitting in the office. and It's fine. But that's fine. This is just, like, the demon girl on my phone. It's uh-huh. cool. It's cool. I love her. We love her. Clearly, we have been obsessed with her for a long time. Yeah, I've, I've bought plenty um, of her candles because I just absolutely love them. My personal favorite scent is um, Blood Bourbon Apple. Um, so I just bought that one recently, too. But she's really great because what I really like is that she puts, um, like, samples of some of her newer scents and things like that little wax melts in yeah. with the orders that you purchase and which her, I really and her packaging game is like on point absolutely totally. i don't want to say anything more about it because i don't want to ruin it if you've never ordered from her but like expect cool shit expect flawlessness exactly so she is super cool we love you jay fear jay fear is her other name um on etsy yeah we love you we love your shit and every podcast that we do, um, we actually, we always talk about how we're lit by candlelight. We we actually are. Yeah. Um, and it's always her candles. Always. So, like, it's kind of like a ritual for us. Mm-hmm. So, we were excited to talk about her this week. Cause exactly. We always be burning her shit. For real. So. Let me tell you, we're going to get into the meat of what we're about to talk about. I'm pissed. Yeah? Why? I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> Why are you mad today? I am is that bi- what that meme is? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm mad about today. <laughs> I'm big mad. Why? I'm big mad. So, did you catch any of the freaking the Met Ball? You know I didn't. I'm an old lady. I'm All an right. old ass lady. So, their theme... I caught it the next morning. Yeah. Well, their theme this year was Heavenly Bodies, Fashion, and the Catholic Imagination. Okay. Probably one of my most absolute favorite themes they did. They have ever done, besides the Alexander McQueen Savage Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if anyone doesn't... But, like, I just was just very underwhelmed. I yeah. was so underwhelmed. Because there was so much, like, that you could have done. And, like, very few people did anything. Yeah. I, I remember I looked through the... Um, I remember I looked through the pictures. And it was like, eh, there were a couple of things that were like, well, Okay. You know who I didn't get? I did not see Janelle Monet's outfit. Did she go? Yeah, she did. And did she surprisingly, do well? I was kind of underwhelmed. Really? I mean, like, I got it. Um, she had, <laughs> she was in black and white. I mean, always. But she had this, like, super, like, wide-brimmed hat on that had, mm-hmm. like, a yellow, like, a gold metallic, like, mm-hmm. undertone to it. So, like... Mm-hmm. Like, when she wore it, it kind of looked like a halo, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Which which was cool, but, like, I was just really, like, this is Catholicism here. Like, I just needed, like, I needed someone to show up in a fucking full-on Pope robe, swing in the damn lantern of smoke, and then just gets up to the top of the stairs and just tears away to reveal, like, a fucking latex BDSM bodysuit and yes. just serve a moment. Mm-hmm. I needed, like, nude hair coming all the way down with a bloody crown, thorn of, like, crown of thorns with, like, mm. a cup of, like, 
communion wine and just like get up to the top of the steps and just like drink it and have some like just fall down your lips. I just I was expecting more, you know, mm-hmm. and I just did not get that. Mm. But um, they're That's actually they don't fucking invite us for to real. That. Um, how about that? Let's start a, like, a get the haunted, hashtag get the haunted heart to the mat. Get the haunted heart to the <laughs> Bitch, I can't dress myself for regular life. I'm not wearing pants right now. I am wearing your t-shirt. For real. My bra is somewhere in the living room. It's hanging on a door handle. I mean, it's really, it's really real right now in the podcast loft, mm-hmm. in the podcast area. Well, even if we could get, like... It would be really hard for us to go, because you have to pay, like, it's like $30,000 for a fucking ticket. I'm good. And also, you have to be invited by Anna Wintour. Uh, yeah. So, even if you could fork it out, like, that doesn't mean shit. You have to be invited. Because it's apparently very, very exclusive. Mm-hmm. Very exclusive. And, like, you can't even, like, social what media. What do they do? Nobody knows. No, I mean, like, do you just go and look at art? I just imagine they go and walk around and look at art and look so, at each other. So, well, it's set up... For the, um, it's set up, like, the opening for whatever the exhibit is going to be for the year. Mm-hmm. For whatever the Mets exhibit is going to be. So, like, okay. when we did, um, for, like, when we went to go see the McQueen exhibit at Savage Beauty, that was the theme for the Met this year. Mm-hmm. For that year. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of what it's about. Oh, okay. So, that's what they do, and, but nobody knows what goes on inside. Like, the moment you get inside, that's when social media, like is banned and apparently from what i like not even the new york times knows what <laughs> what goes on inside the met huh. really it's just a big orgy i mean who like knows? a really big orgy apparently That's someone is quoted as saying that there's like a receiving line of hosts inside that the guests have to like air kiss before proceeding into See? the exhibit and that is where if it were not for the thirty thousand dollar ticket cost and having to be personally invited by anna Wintour, it's the air kissing that would prevent me from attending this event because there is nothing I fucking hate more in this right. world than air kissing. Mm-hmm. It's just that I need you to commit. I need you to commit and want to put your lips on me and want me to put my lips on you or or nothing. Exactly. Don't, don't give me halfway. Mm-mm. Don't give me halfway. Mm-mm. Nope. But does this not sound like the perfect setup for like a creepy like elite society cult brotherhood mm, i see what you're doing because i totally I get those doing. vibes from this event you're laying and you're laying a segue <laughs> really you're yeah. laying is slow i mean i kind of i i personally choose to believe that like they go in there's like some sort of sacrifice that that takes place that keeps their all the people like rich and amazing and you beautiful. just pass like a goblet of blood around Mm-hmm. it's cool that's what that's what i choose to believe what do you choose to believe? <laughs> what do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> so I like your that was that was the strangest laugh I've ever heard come out of you. <laughs> and I've heard some very strange sounds come out of you. Um, so you very adeptly laid our segue there into I did. what we're talking about today on this episode. Episode one, no, no, girl. Part, part one of two, part one of two episodes. This is our first time doing a two-parter. We don't know what the fuck we doing. Nope. Um, in the first installment this- of our series <laughs> on secret society. Secret Would you like society. That? It's a series like PBS. 
motherfucking pee me out. <laughs> so, I today am going to talk about a uh, secret society of sorts that has been brought to the light uh, recently um, called Nexium. Isn't that a pill? It's not the purple pill. <laughs> it's not the purple pill. <laughs> But it, and it's not actually spelled the same. It's pronounced the same, but it's not spelled the same. It's spelled, um, oh my God, this is so fucking stupid. It makes me so mad. So it's spelled N-X-I-V-M. <laughs> like. That kind of reminds me again of the Spongebob meme. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's just so extra. Like, it just makes me so mad. But yeah, so Nexium has been in the news a lot lately. I don't know if you've heard about them. I have not. So they um, captured attention uh, back in, well, some stuff happened before that, but they really got the spotlight when um, Allison Mack, who is an actress from Smallville, she was arrested in April um, on charges of sex trafficking. Oh, wait, because I thought of her I remember role, seeing something about that. Because of her role as a recruiter with Nexium. Um, so... I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about them because I love me a cult. Y'all know mm-hmm. I, I love me a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like it's good that I'm living now when like in our current time um, as opposed to earlier because I feel like I maybe could have been susceptible to like the Jim Jones cult oh, or totally. like fucking absolutely. Um, Jim- you'd have just been like. <laughs> But Charlie Manson just really had great bone structure. Like <laughs> I mean, I I unpopular opinion. He wasn't unattractive as a young dude. I mean, definitely as an old dude, not you, hot. Just, but like as a young guy, I mean he was cool. Do you hot. just see those sunken cheeks? Like <sighs> You know I love sunken cheeks. Uh-huh. You know I love them when they look about about half dead. <laughs> they look like so they're on their way out. Tasty. <laughs> oh, so hot. Yeah, you know. I mean, we all have our things, don't we? But I feel like um, Heaven's Gate. I, you know, I would have fucking been in Heaven Heaven's Gate because it's all about like space and the stars and like other planes of existence and shit. You know, I would have been in Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. But nowadays. Um, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people think, myself included, before I started researching for this week's episode, that cults, like, aren't as much of a thing anymore, because we have the internet, and everybody has a smart, well, most everybody has a smartphone in their pocket where they can look up anything at any point in time. Well, that, in and of itself, is a cult. It's sort of, but, like, my point is that, like, because we have access to so much information, I feel like a lot of us, myself included, feel like the whole cult mentality thing is a lot harder to pull off or potentially impossible to pull off. Um, But actually, in researching this week's topic, I found like that that's not the case at all. So digging into Nexium, um, Nexium is centered around its leader, whose name is Keith Rainier. And he, you're gonna love this. Um, he goes by, he doesn't go by Keith Rainier anymore. He goes by his nickname, which is The Vanguard. Yes. <laughs> the Vanguard. I'm sorry, what? The Vanguard. Can you imagine this? And we'll post a picture of him on our social media and stuff. But, like, this guy looks like, I mean, just picture your typical nerd, right? And he just fucking comes up to you in, like, a hooded cloak. And he's like, I'm The Vanguard. 
<laughs> like, how could you? How could you not laugh at him? The Vanguard. I literally feel like I would do that thing. You remember? Tangent. Tangent to the tangent. Um, do you remember that time that we went through? I, God, I hope it was you now. Um, that time that we went through that drive-through and I ordered a Sunday. And the guy, and the guy got ready to give it to me, and then someone just popped out of nowhere behind him and was like, do you want nuts? And I literally made eye contact with the guy and cackled in his <laughs> face and never dropped eye contact at all. I don't think that was me. For some reason, I thought it was you. Now I have no idea who I embarrassed myself in front of, but I couldn't stop laughing. I cried. But I couldn't, I also couldn't stop looking at him in his face. Oh my God. It was bad. I feel like that's what would happen if the Vanguard came to me to ask me to join the Vanguard. It sounds like a terrible superhero. It sounds like a terrible, like, wannabe supervillain that is not a supervillain, but, like, is trying to be. I don't... It it just... It's just bad. But anyway, remember. Remember his name, because that becomes important in a few minutes. Remember the Vanguard. Oh my god, please don't. (laughs) That's what he signs. That's how he signs all of his emails. Remember the Vanguard. Remember the Vanguard. What if he ever hears this podcast? Like, listen, listen. I'm just still trying to figure out which one of our. I'm still trying to figure out which one of our followers is going to be the first to kill us. Like, oh, that's true. I don't know. So add him to the list, honey. (laughs) I'm sure after last week's episode, like I really did not like. I was really, like, when I was doing my research, I was trying to make sure that I was, like, trying to be funny this episode, because, like, I really did not want to bring it down again, and then be someone's 13th reason why. Like, Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Shit was heavy last week. It was. Yeah. So we're just gonna talk about some nice old harmless cults. They're not harmless at all. No, Nothing not at we all. fucking what talk about on do? this podcast. What did he do, though? So, okay, we need to talk about this dude. Um, so... Basically, Keith Rainier was born in Brooklyn in 1960, and he had an advertising executive for a dad and a former dance teacher for a mom. Okay, sounds like pretty normal. He was raised in the suburbs, and he claims to have been a child prodigy who won the 1989 Guinness World Record for highest IQ, (laughs) and that he obtained three degrees from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. In Troy, New York. University of Phoenix online. Fucking sounds real hard to (laughs) say. Not, no shade to anybody. Get your degree on your own time. Absolutely. I'm all about it. Absolutely, man. I've taken a University of Phoenix class. It actually was pretty cool. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like some history stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, that, that institute, that Polytechnic Institute actually does exist. I looked it up. Um, and he did go there, but he actually really struggled to complete his classes, and he barely graduated with a 2.26 GPA. So he was not as smart as he thought he was? Yeah. I mean, he would probably say that's fake news, because that's according to the U.S. attorney who's, like, working on this case against him. But, like, I'm pretty sure that if you had a 2.26 GPA, you probably are not a genius. I mean, maybe not in maybe the way that he thinks he is. Maybe don't give a fuck. Well, I don't think that he was a total dud because um, he had, he may not have been a genius, but he had charisma. Massive, massive amounts of charisma. Did he also have uniqueness, nerve, and talent? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Well, maybe uniqueness, definitely not talent. 
potentially some fucking nerve if he's going to call himself the Vanguard. So he was just cunt. He was just cunt. Cunt. A cunt. <laughs> nah, he's not good enough to be called a cunt. <laughs> That's a badge of honor. Anywho, 1984. So he is 24. Um, he manipulated, with his charisma, a 15-year-old girl into a four-month sexual relationship. Oh, oh, uh, what? Uh, what was this? Repeat yourself? She was 15. He was 24. Oh. And it was a four-month sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Gina. Um, and they went to... She said that they went to video game arcades where he had a particular penchant for a specific Atari shooter game. Can you guess what it was called? The Vanguard? Vanguard. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> this fucking nerd, all those years later, chose... A nickname for himself as his, like, badass cult leader personality that was based on a fucking Atari shooter game that he played when he was 24. I told you he's a nerd. I mean, I love and respect the nerdiness, but, like... I love a nerd, but this is, like, nerds going wrong. Like, this is the worst. This is the kind of... Okay, I specifically and only like nerds. I am, like... I am, like, a, um... What is it called? What is the word? I'm a connoisseur of nerds. I fucking love all different sizes, shapes, types of nerds, but there's one specific kind of nerd, and this fucking dude is one of them, that is, like, so self-entitled and, like, misogynistic and, like, terrible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awful. So, anyway, just wanted to, to share that piece of information. He's, he's really lame. Um, anywho, 1990... So, six years later, he started a buyer's club called Consumer Byline that uh, soon, it was actually pretty successful, soon it had 200,000 members nationwide. But also in 1990, he molested the 12-year-old daughter of a Consumer Byline employee. What the fuck? So he's a piece of shit. In case you didn't already know that. Yeah. Um, The victim... And this is so sad. The victim later said, quote, I was perfect picking, insecure at the time. To have someone that mature and that well thought of to be interested in me, I was flattered. I was young, inexperienced, overwhelmed, and out of my league. End quote. Which is just very Uh, sad. I feel like that's... I feel like that's a through line in a lot of cases like that. Which is very sad. I'm bringing us down again, aren't I? Yeah, you are. God damn it. That's not going well. Anywho, that case case was never prosecuted. And in 1996, um, the uh, Consumer's Byline Company kind of came under fire. Um, The the New York State Attorney General um, started investigating them because they were suspected to be a huge pyramid scheme. Um, but that actually never went to court. Rainier settled, um, the lawsuit, uh, by agreeing to liquidate the company and he paid a $40,000 fine. So it was never officially, um, I guess decided in a court that consumers byline was a pyramid scheme. But like, I mean, but if you fucking pay $40,000 to make something go away and dissolve the company, probably was probably guilty. That's you. So one year later, uh, Rainier founded his next uh, company, 
which was called Executive Success Programs. And he founded it with Nancy Salzman, who was a practitioner of, or is, she's actually still alive, a practitioner of hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming. Oh, no. Which fucking no. sounds like the worst background for somebody okay. to be involved in some fucking this secret society sounds bullshit. like the worst. What year was this again? 1997. Yeah, I was going to say, this was very, like, late 90s. Like, even the name... Like the what, name Nancy of the Salzman? company, yeah, oh, like executive success programs. Yeah, like doesn't that sound like the quintessential like n- late nineties company? It sounds somewhere. like a cover for something fucking awful. And with somebody who is a uh, practitioner of hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming behind the wheel, mm-hmm. fucking no thanks. Go ahead and go ahead and check me out of that one. She sounds like the lady in um. Uh, get out. Yes. Mm-hmm. With the tea. Mm-hmm. About that. Would you believe that when that scene started, when she was in there just literally like twirling the spoon, within the first two seconds, I was like, nope, get out. I, I was too. She started doing that. I started I was hearing like, that. No. no. I started mm-hmm. hearing the little tea clinks. So I'm like, mm-hmm. no. That's not good. We need to tune that out. This is why y'all will want to be with us in a horror movie because. We will make an exit. We'll make, <laughs> make an exit. Stage right. Final girls over Maybe here. Maybe even left. Probably both. Katie will go right. I'll go left. Get <laughs> the fuck out. out. Yeah, no. No way. That's just like, um, I was in, oh, fuck, I think I was in Florida. It makes sense that I was in Florida. Um, but I decided to go into, God, I was so stupid. I decided to go into like a church of Scientology. The fuck? Just because I had never been in one, and I was like, let's just fucking check this out, shall we? Let's just go in the church of Scientology. And they, they gave us water. I think my friend that I was with was thirsty or something, and I was like, this is a bad idea. Um, but they gave us water. I didn't fucking drink it. I was gonna Because I'm not a sucker. I would hope not. I didn't drink it. Um, but they gave us water, and they led us into this, like, dark cafeteria-looking room. Where there was a TV, and they put this video on, and they wanted us to, like, literally watch the video... And, like, every, like, I, I remember counting the seconds, and, like, every five seconds I would break eye contact with the screen and, like, look at the floor. And then I would look back, and then I would break <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> because I'm fucking serious, man. They they will hypnotize you with Hell, some bullshit. No. 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 Listen, I, I would do like a that. lot of crazy shit that white people do like yeah. i will go into an abandoned house i will but no 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 you're not gonna get me on that shit you're not gonna hypnotize my ass motherfucker for sure can you imagine like how like if you actually were hypnotized no it wouldn't happen i i'm too like <laughs> too much I, i'm too much that's i'll mean. turn it around hypnotize your ass i'm gonna sit there and stare at you right back <laughs> like my tactics going through haunted houses exactly that's how it probably actually i wonder if we can be hypnotized we should be hypnotized by someone we trust to see if it can happen because you know i don't do well with relinquishing I control i don't trust anybody though what what if it was me what if i went to hypnosis <laughs> no school? What if I went on a journey for, like, the next 15 years and became a hypnosis master? No. No. I don't know who you became in those 15 years. No. I would be like, give Caitlin the last slice of pizza always. Fuck you, bitch. That's what I would say. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. Way. Back to Nexium. 
Nancy Salzman, the super evil genius hypnosis <laughs> neurolinguistic programming lady. Nancy uh, Salzman. Salzman. So um, she teams up with Rainier, and they found executive success programs just outside <laughs> Albany, New York, which sounds just generic enough to be fucking horrifying. And Rainier kind of positioned himself, reinvented himself. I mean, I kind of see it as a natural step in his evolution. Um, but he kind of markets himself as a help guru for business bigwigs. Within five years, thousands of people bought this bullshit. And they were taking seminars at satellite centers all across the country. By the late 1990s, there were 16,000 people that were taking classes from executive success programs. That's insane. And they were called intensives. And the stuff that the stuff that these intensives were on, it was like bullshit like uh being your authentic self. <laughs> All right. Or like, friend, you don't want me to be my authentic self. Fucking being Kitty, being be present. your authentic self and you look over and she's just fucking pantsless. <laughs> I am my I am my authentic self right now. No bra. Yep. Fucking just sprawled out. Absolutely. Me. High on aspirin. Fucking looking for food. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But he talks, um, if you listen to, um, if you listen to clips of his, um, talks and stuff on, like, YouTube, he speaks in circles. So he's like, the only way that you can succeed is to, like, be your authentic self. And the only way to be your authentic self is to really uh, strain out everything that is everyone else and instead be you authentically and yourself, and then you can succeed. And it's like, what did you actually... And people pay thousands of dollars for these freaking things. That's ridiculous. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to do it, though. No. Like, make my own so I can just get me some fucking money. Be you, your so authentic bullshit self. <laughs> Look, we bring that message to you every week, I would hope. I think so. Hey, we might have our own little crazy cult going. Harnet Heart cult. Cool. I can't be trusted with that power, and I know that about myself. Mm. You can't either. I know that about you. What are you talking about? We can't fucking be cult leaders. We would be terrible cult what? leaders. I mean, we would be really good, but we would be really Speak bad. for your damn self. No, we can't. We can't take that much power. Okay. We can't. We can't trust ourselves with it. Well, maybe if we divide it, though. Uh, I don't know. Check some balances. Out. We'll think about it. So, in 2002 a pivotal sort of turning point for executive success programs happened. Um, and at this point we kind of started to transfer to transition into Nexium proper. Um, the pivotal, uh, turning point, I guess, is when Keith Rainier met Claire and Asara Bronfman. Okay. And it's B R O N F M A N. It's like the worst name to say on the mic. Bronfman. Bronfman. You gotta, you gotta hit the F before the M. Bronfman. 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 I feel like we're summoning something, so let's stop. Um, I am the demon Bronfman. <laughs> Jesus, God. Fuck. <laughs> so, Claire and Asara Bronfman, um, they, when they met Keith Rainier, they were, for some reason, just super taken with him. They were these super rich heiresses of Edgar Bronfman Sr., who is the, um, I guess, owner, proprietor, not proprietor, 
of the Seagram's Liquor Fortune. Oh. So Seagram's Alcohol. Liquor. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. Isn't Seagram's like the bitch beers of like the 90s? <laughs> is that what that the is? Seagram's. I think my I mom think used to drink those. God, they were so nasty. They're like fruit juice. What I don't even think is they have like alcohol in them. Seagram's, Seagram's 7? That, that sounds familiar. I think... Seagram's and 7. Uh, I don't know. Seagram's and gin? Seagram's. No, that's not right. Anyway. Maybe if you're an alcoholic. I don't know. No, isn't that... Is it from gin and juice? And I... Got me some Seagram's no, gin. Everybody so. got their cups, but they ate no, gin. No, it's not right. I don't think they were drinking Seagram's. Girl, I might have to edit that out. <laughs> Why? Leave it. I want you to know that I God. listen to old school hip hop, but I want you to also know that I'm an idiot. So awkward. If if I'm right, I'm gonna fight you. I don't think I'm right. Anyway, so so the heiresses of this liquor fortune, they discover Keith Rainier. Um, and they just, I guess they're fucking rich as hell. It is Seagram 7. I was right. But you didn't check the gin and juice lyrics. We'll do that later. Okay. Fucking let me tell my story. All right. So these heiresses to this liquor fortune, I guess they have nothing to do. So they meet Keith Rainier and they think that all of his fucking bullshit talk is actually real. Um, and so they give him a shitload of money. And their dad, actually, their dad, people warned their dad. They were like, hey, you should probably be concerned about this. And then their dad was like, no, it's fucking fine. Because he has another family somewhere else. I mean, I think they were, like, estranged or they were, like, his stepchildren or something. Um, So he basically didn't give a fuck. Um, And then in 2003, like, a year later, he he just had a quote that was like, I think it's a cult. (laughs) And that was, like, the whole quote. I think it's a cult. And that's all we heard from him. So... I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Because they apparently, um, like, quit talking to their dad and, like, gave Keith Rainier all this money and shit. So, fueled with that insane amount of cash, he continued to build Nexium. And they actually got huge. Like, in 2009, they actually hosted the Dalai Lama for an event of theirs that they were hosting. And then... Goldie Hawn was supposed to speak at an engagement for them in 2003, but she pulled out after Forbes published a report, the first report, actually, that Nexium might not be what it seemed to be. Good for you, Goldie Hawn, for pulling out. She was like, bye. <laughs> Gotta go. I like to think that it was Kurt Russell that was like, girl, you can't go. What the fuck you doing? This is a cult. <laughs> and his mustache. Mm-hmm. So, from the start, actually, um, Nexium was bullshit. Yeah. Um, from the earliest days, Rainier turned his relationship with his female followers into a sexual relationship. Apparently, he kept a, a group um, of 15 to 20 women that rotated out with whom he maintained sexual relationships. Um, and his twisted sexual beliefs eventually made their way into the Nexium curriculum. Um, with disturbing hypotheticals that he would present that challenge whether incest and rape are actually wrong. Oh. 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 And I'm just gonna... 
I'm just going to take a controversial stance and say, fuck yes, they're wrong. They're always wrong. I, I, I would say so. Literally always wrong. Always. Like never not wrong, always wrong. Yeah, I, w- I would have to be in agreement. Apparently he also uh, physically assaulted at least two intimate partners. And he punished one um, Nexium member who was like, she was pretty young. She was like 20 something. Um, she developed romantic feelings for someone else. And so he just kept her confined for 18 months. What the fuck? 18 months? Just fucking by herself. To just work months. through it, I guess. Yeah. That's like over a Bitch. year. That's like a year and a half. I don't think so. Mm-mm. So he created a spinoff men's movement. A lot of a lot of the press around Nexium focuses on what was going on with the women, and we're going to get into that, um, obviously. But... Rainier also created a spinoff men's movement where women were humiliated for their inherent weakness. And this is, this is so weird. Um, apparently the women were forced to wear fake cow udders over their breasts <clears throat> while people called them derogatory names in these men's groups. What the fuck? Like, that's just so what weird. The fuck? Like, I don't understand cow udders on their breasts yeah it's like it's just so weird yeah no no that's one of those things where it's like i mean i read about a lot of kinky weird shit but like that is one thing that's like so weird that it's just like i don't know i don't get it i think at that point if you were one of those women you would just have to like stop and think what am i doing with my life what what am i what am i doing how did i end up here what went wrong? What decisions have we made? I wonder. Point? The fuck happened? Yeah. So, but obviously, much more so than the men's movement, um, what happened with the women in Nexium has been more the focal point. So, in 2015, Rainier created a group called The Vow, which was a secret society where women were recruited to be slaves under the false pretense of joining a women's-only mentorship group. So it was one of those things where it's like, oh, like women in business, like women, female empowerment, like let's, which I'm fucking all about. But what it actually was, um, was female Nexium members were told that um, they had an opportunity to join an organization that would change their life, which was the vow, <laughs> right? Well. Which it fucking did. But they had to provide collateral, and the collateral were, like, sexually explicit photos, videos. Um, there were, like, nude photos, videos of the women, like, masturbating. Or, mm. Yeah, that type of shit. Um, so that it could be used as blackmail. Well, yeah. So once the women had handed over the collateral that they were told to provide they were now a slave and they were subservient to another slave who was their master and a lot of times the masters were women too yeah and a lot of times the masters were slaves to other do you get so it was was a hierarchy yeah yeah so it goes so quickly from a group of like female empowerment and like let's help each other succeed and like let's you know do awesome things for women to like now I'm a slave. Like, <laughs> what happened? Mm-mm, mm-mm. And it even went further. Um, one uh, 
woman in particular, uh, she's an actress, her name is Sarah Edmondson, she described how the vow would have these branding ceremonies. Oh, no. Where they would be branded with Rainier's initials. Um, so each woman, and this is her account, um, as she told it to the New York Times, um, each woman was told to undress and lay on a massage table while three others restrained her legs and shoulders. According to one of them, their master, a top Nexium official named Laura Salzman, instructed them to say, quote, Master, please brand me. It would be an honor, end quote. A female doctor then proceeded to use a cauterizing device to sear a two-inch square symbol below each woman's hip, a procedure that took 20 to 30 minutes. No. No, 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 Fucking 20 to 30 minutes. Ow. Uh Uh-uh. No. For hours, muffled screams and the smell of burning tissue filled the room. Fuck. And Sarah Edmondson said, I, I wept the whole time I disassociated out of my body. It was like a bad horror movie. We even had these surgical masks on because the smell of flesh was so strong. I felt petrified. I felt every part of my body was like, get out of here, run. I mean, I feel like you should have came to that conclusion prior Well, to that. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard for us to say whenever you're dealing with cults or anything like that. It's it's hard for us to say because we're, I mean, we're fucking here in the podcast loft with our comfy pillows, chilling, pantsless. But like, when you're in the situation, I feel like it can so quickly become a slippery slope from like empowerment to like now all of a sudden we're fucking being branded and shit. And I think some of the other women said that like this was that that. They were told that they would have to get maybe, like, a small tattoo as part of their initiation. Which I could see people kind of... I mean, personally, me, no. No, thank you. But I could see people being like, oh, yeah, sure. Because, I mean, like, bikers have tattoos that all kind of signify their clubbishness. But, like, I think it can so effectively, with things like this, with things like cults, people kind of get swept up into the... They get brainwashed. And they yeah. get brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And somebody like Rainier knows how to do that and manipulate that out of people. And we see that with his earlier, you know, his seduction of the 15-year-old girl and his molestation of the 12-year-old girl. Like, he knows how to manipulate that out of people and to find people who are susceptible. Right. Still, though, no. So, the women were also ordered by their masters to have sex with Rainier, of course. Of fucking course. And they were ordered to endure torture, including sleep deprivation, ice-cold showers, and extremely low-calorie diets. Which is about the point where, oh, we would be... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, a what? Low-calorie diet? I'm sorry, bye. Sorry, I gotta go. I'm sorry, you want me to what? No sleep and a low-calorie diet? I'm sorry, what? No. Um, no. Excuse me, Mr. Vanguard. No. It's just, not, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work out. So in 2007, in October 2017 is kind of when things kind of started to come out about this secret society. Um, the New York Times exposed the slave society with the help of Sarah Edmondson, who gave that, um, not testimony, 
that, who gave that interview about the branding process and the type of stuff that was happening. Um, so the FBI started kind of looking into things, and Rainier, in a true sign of not guiltiness, uh, fled to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, ah, <laughs> to a compound. Great. Which he paid for with money from Claire Bronfman. Bronfman. His millionaire heiress backer. So he attempted to go off the grid completely using a bank account in one of his dead lover's names that was stocked with $8 million. Fuck. Um, and law, law enforcement tracked him and slowly closed in. And he was arrested in March of 2018 um, on charges of sex trafficking and is currently awaiting trial in Brooklyn. Meanwhile, what happened in Axiom? Right? Right. So oftentimes we'll see, like... In the case of these cults, when when the leader is removed from the situation, things kind of diffuse a lot of the time. That hasn't been the case so far with Nexium, um, because Nancy Salzman, who's the co-founder, is now officially in charge. Oh no! The fucking Nancy evil Salzman. hypnotist, neurolinguistics programming lady. I really hope she's not listening to this right now. I know. Me too. I'm I'm a little scared of her. What a fucking bitch i'm not scared of anybody and i'm a little scared of her but she so girl come to my house come to my house don't don't man please no i I think she's very um a lot of people worry that she is way more volatile than rainier ever was um because he was just trying to fuck girls right like i mean he's a piece of shit but he just wanted to have as much pussy as he could possibly stand, right? Right, 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 right. That's what he wanted. She has a much more complicated motivation here because, like, what are you doing as a woman propagating the abuse of other women? Right. You know what I mean? And teaching, almost like brainwashing and teaching women to abuse each other. That's what really is so haunting about this to me is because, like, a lot of it is, like, women abusing other women because everybody's sort of brainwashed and stuck in this cycle yeah um yeah i can definitely see that because a lot of the times like you have your like you know like he's your he's you know the face of it all right but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the one that you have to worry about the most like Mm -hmm. typically it's your like behind the scenes people that you Mm -hmm. need to worry about because those are the sneakiest it's your mike pence's you gotta worry about your jafar's i'm getting i'm getting political right (laughs) so um so nexium in the meantime has moved to brooklyn to be near their leader and they fully support him and they're like his fangirl section like supporting him and saying that all of this all of these charges that the fbi has against them are bullshit However, some people argue that Nancy is actually not the person in charge of Nexium at this point in time. And this is kind of a more recent argument that's emerged. Um, some people argue that somebody else is pulling the strings and that somebody else is none other than Claire Bronfman mm. herself. So she, um, one of the, uh, one of the people who I believe is working on the case against Rainier, um, said that Claire is the enforcer, the brutal one. Claire is running the operation now, and she's the most ruthless of them. Um, I'm issuing a war- an absolute warning now. Claire Bronfman is a true fanatic, and if there's a Jim Jones situation, everyone will commit suicide but her. Fuck. 
because she apparently is very, very extreme. And so there's a lot of concern in people who have studied Nexium far deeper than I have that that she is going to lead this into some sort of Jim Jones situation where everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid and we're going to, and, and they'll become a suicide cult essentially. Um, who knows if that will happen? I certainly hope not, but they have moved to be near the federal lockup, um, just east of the South Brooklyn Marine Terminal where Rainier is being held without bail. And Bronfman apparently is a strict adherent to the low-calorie diet. Oh, no. She uh, adheres to um, the strictures against eating more than 800 calories a day, and she's apparently dropped 80 to 90 pounds and is certain that Rainier will be vindicated and rise again in his messianic glory. Ooh, gross. Mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. Yeah. So, who knows how that will develop? Um, it's kind of interesting... I thought it would be a particularly interesting case to talk about because it's still open. Like, they're still... Yeah, like, I didn't realize it was that, like, fresh, I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He So, he was arrested in March of 2018, um, and then Allison Mack was arrested in April, and she was a, apparently a recruiter for them, um, and so she's been arrested on charges of sex trafficking um, because as a recruiter, and he's been arrested on charges of sex trafficking, and um, I, I think... Um, like violence or abuse or assault or some shit, all that shit. All of the above. All D, of it. All of the fucking just above. all of it. For real. Yeah. So as that develops, um, maybe we can like update you guys. Um, but yeah, it is that... a really fascinating thing to see that something like this can exist nowadays. Yeah, I mean seriously, that's insane. I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. We've definitely got to work on like keeping them updated on like the case as it unfolds, like. You know, his trial or whatever. Because that's to come, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has not... He's being uh, held without bail, and I I'm, I wasn't quite... Sh- I think his trial might be in July. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I know that they're working on building the case now. Well, the haunted heart might just have to be there. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a I'm kind of curious to know what Nancy Saltzman looks like, though. I'm fucking... I don't, for some reason, she just, like... Her whole purpose in this story is, like... And I'm sure she would play it as, like, he manipulated her or whatever. And maybe maybe some degree of that is true. But, like, I don't know, man. That background in hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming is just, like, not... I could see it being, like, you know, he's the face. This is his thing. He just wants to, you know, like you said, like, just... Drown in pussy. pussy. Yes. Right? So his motives are very, you know... Understandable. Well, not, not I mean, understandable, I mean, but, it's like, not it's very, like... But you understand, but you know what's motivating. It's at face value. Right. 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 And then I could see her, like, if she's not the main, like, one behind it, I could see it being, like, that sort of trope that's, like, maybe she's in it for, like, the research or, like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, her hypnosis. So maybe she's yeah. in for, like, the study of it, you know yeah. what I mean? And seeing how yeah. far she could take it. And then maybe this rich bitch, wh- whoever... <laughs> The Claire Bronfman. Claire Bronfman. Yeah. She's like the twisted sadist with all the fucking money that's like funding it all. I kind of want to know what happened to her sister though. Cause like her, she and her sister got involved with it at the same time. And then her sister just kind of like all the <laughs> research just like pff, her sister, I guess. I mean, her sister's still a member, I think, but like Claire definitely is like way more at the forefront. Mm-hmm. So it's fucked up. Well, do I? Well, I have something that's a little more 
It's definitely not current. Okay. So I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna take us back. In the in the way way back. I'm gonna take you to the way way back. To the way way back. Now, as our listeners will know, we live in the D.C. area, right? Which is filled with traffic. With traffic. And Maryland drivers. And Maryland drivers. And symbology and Freemasonry. But guess what? I think you thought, you you think that I'm going to talk about that. But guess what? I'm not. Yes, we live in D.C. But today, I'm going to take you to Ireland. <laughs> Again, what a terrible... Are we going back to fucking Ireland? Oh, we are. Are you going to fucking howl ya? Howl ya. I think your accent is getting better, though. That I think was it is better. Too. I think it is, too. That was better. So, I stumbled upon these, what they call, Hellfire Clubs. Okay. I mean, I'm into it so far. What's your initial reaction? Hellfire Club. Somebody asked you to join it. I feel like I'm seeing, like, a black cat suit. I'm seeing, like, old school drinks. I'm seeing, like, a Manhattan, a Tom Collins, a seedy bar, a lot of smoke. I'm into it. Yeah. I would go if I was so, invited to the Hellfire Club, I would go. I would not go to executive success programs. No. But the Hellfire no. Club, you can sign me right the fuck up. Right. <laughs> um, so the Hellfire Club uh, was a name for several very exclusive clubs for men of a certain nobility, stature, prominence in society. But it's Ireland, so is it just like if you have shoes, well, you can come? <laughs> like, no, but come no. On now. One of them. So the one thing that is um, that keeps it so secret is that there were different ones that popped up. Okay. So it wasn't just one Hellfire. Were they club. related? They were similar, but like they had different people founding them. So okay. it was like this person started the original Hellfire Club, and then this person um, started it. In Ireland, this one started it in Britain, so it sort of like pops up in multiple. So it was like a KFC. It had yeah, franchises, kind of. Um, but where I'm going to be taking you is uh, Dublin. Dublin. Dub- did you fucking say Dublin? Dublin. Dublin. Dubstep land. <laughs> I'm going to take you to Dubstep land. Dublin. Um. And so I'm going to be pulling from this article that I read from um, the BBC. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Where I get all my news. Right. Um, And I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. So um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the first Hellfire Club was actually founded on Walpurgis Knot. Cool. Um, Cool. Italian. So that sort of like sets in the tone, right? Okay. Sets the tone. Um. So if you drive out of South Dublin and climb Montpelier Hill, um, on top squats the shell of the old hunting lodge built for Irish parliamentary speaker William Connolly in 1725. And we have a team of archaeologists that are excavating the site to find out more about the two prehistoric passage tombs on the hill, which I think I, I don't think I touched on that in our episode um, where we went to Ireland. Um... But he built this lodge for the Hellfire Club, and 
it's kind of like I think there's some paranormal activity going on with it as well because they apparently used stones from like the ancient passage tombs, so hmm. their destruction really just sort of marks the start of like the association with the supernatural. But anyway, um, so essentially these people were a group of aristocrats. Um, they really just wanted to have a good time, right? I'm down with that. <laughs> so, he had many, like, <laughs> really weird, like, eccentricities. But, um, he liked to receive guests in the nude. As do I. I like to receive, uh, food delivery people in the nude. So, his club... Shamelessly. Right. So, <laughs> his not, club... Not in a sexy way, either. Just in a, here it is. Just receive people It's been a long nude. day. Mm-hmm. Just, um... So the club was one of many um, in both England and Ireland, which where rich young rakes. <laughs> indulged, I love that word. I love that word. Um, indulged in ceremonial drinking and dining, gambling, carousing, yeah. all of the above. Um, I love some carousing. But you had a few clubs that crossed the line into sex, blasphemy. And just overall, like, you know, your typical devil worship, satanic sex orgies, that sort of thing. I mean, there's a thin line between carousing and sex orgy. Mm -hmm. How do you really know when you've exactly. crossed it? Exactly. So, the first Hellfire Club was set up by the Duke of Wharton and specialized in daring deeds like playing cards on Sunday. <laughs> um, and eating pigeon, known as Holy Ghost Pie. <laughs> okay. Um, which was chronicled in this book by Evelyn Lord called The Hellfire Club's Sex, Satanism, and Secret Societies. Mm -hmm. um, the most notorious club was formed by Sir Francis Dashwood with the motto, Fais que tu votre. Which means? Do as you will. Oh, okay. So, Dashwood's club included some of Britain's most senior statesmen and aristocrats. They met in a series of underground caves in West Wycombe, and legend has it in... <laughs> what the what they kind say, of stroke was that? I legend don't know. I don't know what the sentence was going. Legend has it indulged... I don't... That they indulged in a lot of risque behavior with the strict motto, What goes underground stays underground huh i wonder if that's where we got like what happens in vegas stays in vegas maybe from you um, know what i mean it sounds very familiar it does it Enough does familiar for a copyright lawsuit goes underground stays underground um that sounds like you're trying to bury a fucking body though it does it does <laughs> um what goes underground stays underground as long as it's weighted for real and properly uh at the appropriate depth that rainwater does not bring it up <laughs> right um, they had, like, a separate name, which was called the Monks, or the Friars of St. Francis of Wycombe, which I guess was supposed to be, like, it's supposed to, like, poke fun at, like, mm -hmm. religion, so mm -hmm. they called themselves the Friars, mm -hmm. um, because it was anything but saintly, and involved drinking, winching, <laughs> and banqueting. I need to know, I need a definition for winching. Prostitution. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say, one article that I read said that he, the prostitutes would they would be called nuns. 
Like, he would call them nuns. That's pretty funny. Um, And then later there were suggestions of ritual, like, abuse of women, black masses. Yeah, that's less fun. Um, That's less fun. But we don't really know if that was just, like, the people who were against, like, that sort of thing. Just, like... Yeah. Trying to be, you know... Yeah. Trying to cast a bad light on them. Mm-hmm. So, like I said earlier, the clubs appeared in waves. Um, first in London in the 1720s, then in Dublin, uh, and Limerick in the 1740s, and then the Dashwood Club of the 1750s. Um, and people really associated them with what was going morally wrong in society. Um... You know, being that there was sexual energy, drinking, revelry, parties. So, St. Francis, this guy, has a painting of himself at prayer. But the Bible in front of him um, was replaced by a porno. (laughs) It just seems like... It just seems like internet trolls in the 1700s. It really does. Like, <laughs> I think they were trolls. I mean, it really just seems like a group of trolls. That's and they're what hilarious. I think it was. Like, how could you be mad he at that? I mean, you, a lot of people of him really with this erotic. It was no, it wasn't like technically a porno, but it was an erotic novel, right? Um, with a halo around his head, and apparently he has a friend. Uh, name is the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> Wait, is it pronounced Sandwich? Yes, I, I'm guessing it is because that's sure? how it's spelled, Earl of Sandwich. Okay. I feel like... Okay. And a miniature naked me, the Earl of Sandwich. I am the Earl of Sandwich. I mean, I feel like you could be a good Earl of Sandwich. This you like my, sandwiches? This is my wife, Patty Melt. Jesus. I spent my life between two slices of bread. This is what happens when we do a really serious episode, and then, <laughs> we, and then we have to save all of our shit for the next episode because we can't yeah. joke. Well, they were they were in luck though because at this time, you know, blasphemy against the Catholic Church was you know permitted. I don't think that you could be killed. Yeah, for it, just shamed at least. real hard, just shamed real bad. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, and I think a lot from, like, the church sort of, like, dubbed them as Satan worshipers. They had stories of, like, the devil walking among them, and these stories tend to spread, uh, they spread very quickly in the 1720s. Um, Hmm. and in Ireland, the Dublin Hellfire Club first met on Cork Hill at the Eagle Tavern, and they said that on one occasion, the guy who was in it stripped naked to receive a visit from the eminent clergyman Samuel Madden, co-founder of the Dublin Society. So yeah, he saw that the clergyman was he knew the clergyman was coming. And he was a real clergyman? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And um another one of the club's members, James Warsdale, um, was an artist, playwright, and womanizer, and once on a visit to Mallow, wherever mm-hmm. that's at, he made a li- He's quoted as made a little too free with his landlady's daughter, causing the irate mother to beat him through the town with a hot shoulder of mutton. You know, it sounds like an Irish woman. I love it. I love it. A hot shoulder of mutton. I feel like if you haven't beaten someone with a hot shoulder of mutton, you haven't lived. Right. (laughs) 
Yoba. She just grabbed that fucking mutton, man, and she's like, you did what? What are you talking about? She already had the mutton. She was eating the mutton. She chased him For with sure. that fucking hot That's leg what of she, mutton. You, you use what you have. For real. <laughs> um, and... So, that's all, like, fine. Like, from that point, like, it's all just, like you said, pretty much people being trolls. Right, right. And it kind of got a little dark for a minute because there was this one guy. He's kind of like, I would put him as the equivalent to, like, he's, he's like, the party foul. Yeah. So, you had this one guy, um... Henry, the fourth Baron Barry of Santry, is his name. <laughs> um, and these were all names they gave themselves, right? I think, okay. yes. Okay. Um, and Lord Santry was civil enough when sober. Yeah, that's the that's the key. But he was rarely sober. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. He was you rarely know? sober. That's the key. And he once. He once murdered someone, like, this servant was ill and bedridden, and he forced the man to drink a bottle of brandy, drenched his bedclothes in alcohol, and set him on fire, burning him alive. And he actually escaped punishment by buying the silence of the witness. Well, and, that, and from that point on, I, I think that's when people were like... I think that's where it started to get, like, it already had, like, a CD, like, reputation, but, right. like, at that point, it's, like, and I can just imagine, like, all the other members, like, damn, son, the fuck, damn, the you, fuck you done went you too hard, <laughs> right, you par- party foul, party foul, big party, party foul, you know, murder, foul. murder is that way, murder is a hell of a party foul, right, but that really sort of, like, cast a dark shadow on them, even until this day, so that really caused the the ultimate party foul. So, so do they still exist nowadays? Like, no, is it a thing, or...? No, not really. I mean, it... From what I understand, there was a, um... There used to be a... I think it was a gay nightclub called the Hellfire Club. Um, but I don't think that's there anymore. Like, I don't think that's a thing anymore. And they had all sorts of, like, crazy stories, like, in these lodges um, that people would see, like, black cats with ears like horns and evil eyes who um, took on a priest and apparently still haunts these, like, lodges, because, like I said, one of them still exists. So they have, like, there's a supernatural um, element to, element it. to yeah. some of it, like, going back to, because... Like, the one lodge that was started that where people see these things, like, right. the stones were pulled from, like, old, ancient burial grounds to build things. Yeah. So, there's, like, some speculation that, like, there might be some possession involved, mm. like, and that's hmm. where, like, some of the crazy revelry comes into play, um, and a bunch of, and, like, all of that crazy shit. Um, but, essentially, in reality, they were just, um, free thinkers who believed in neither heaven or hell. The rumors around this, like, Dublin Hellfire Club's reputation for black magic and mystery um, just really sort of, like, continues to echo down the years because you get some people that think that they're, like, they were just having a good time. Yeah. And you got some people that just think that, oh, they were... that they were devil worshippers. 
who really knows? And then one of the guys actually, like, because they started, the Hellfire Clubs started getting shut down. And, like, one of the guys turned into, uh, became a Freemason. Huh. So, which that will tie into part two, which I will talk about next week. So, yeah. Cool. Crazy sexual. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, so it was a BDSM club the called the Hellfire Club. Oh, okay. It was in Manhattan in the 70s and 80s. Okay. And it was actually used hmm. um, as a location for the Al Pacino movie Cruising. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like a cool place to be. I mean. I feel like we probably would have gone. I feel like it's a party. If we were in 1700s Ireland. Yeah, I mean, there's, and there's a relate, like, this is what I was talking about, because, like, there was a lot of things that connected, like, with each other, so, Mm -hmm. like, I originally, when I was talking, when I was researching this, like, I was going into Freemasonry, because we, you know, live near D.C., and there's a lot of symbology there, and there's a lot of things that I also want to talk about next episode, but then, like, that sort of led into these Hellfire Clubs, and Mm -hmm. there's also some connections with... Um, ancient, like, Egyptian beliefs mm-hmm. with the Masons and also with um, these, like, it's called the the Cult of Dionysus, mm. huh. which also sort of circles back to how these Hellfire Clubs, like, reacted and, like, the things that they did. It all sort of, like, <sighs> it all connects really, like, weirdly. I don't really know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> I feel like you're spinning. I'm spinning, spinning, but that's no, that's what I felt like when I was researching. Like it was spinning yeah. because like I was started here and then it took me here and then this took me here, but then this connected back to Kenny's that. Kenny's going is mine. Kenny's going is fucking, fucking mine. Deal, y'all. He can't. He the two parter on secret societies is gonna fucking break you. It really oh is. Oh my god. I'm. Gonna... You're just gonna come back to me and I'm, I'm just gonna. gonna come I'm back. the Earl of Sandwich. Fuck. <laughs> That's going to be your new host. Call me the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> you change your name with DMB. Sandwich, <laughs> comma, Earl of. Earl of. Sandwich of Earl. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride. It has been a wild ride. We have talked like Nexium, not the pill. Not the pill. Not, not the, the pill. pill. The cult. Not the pill, the cult. And then Hellfire Club. Hellfire fucking satanic devil orgy. I feel like that's like... Satanic sandwiches of Earl's. You know. (laughs) And the Earl of Sandwich. And his fucking... um, Porno in place of a Bible. Is your cat screaming again? I don't know what he's doing right now. He's doing something. Alright. Well, we will be back next week with more on Secret Societies. In the meantime, come hang out with us. Um, we are on Instagram at the Haunted Heart Podcast. That is our handle. I uh-huh. fucking know it this week because yes. I fucking looked that shit up. We are on Instagram at the Haunted Heart Podcast. We are on Twitter at the Haunted Heart. Um, we also have a Facebook group, and it's like a semi-private thing. You have to request to join, but of course we'll approve you unless you are a serial murderer. Um, so just on Facebook, search the Haunted Heart Podcast. That should take you to our group and request to join it. Um, and then you can hang out with us there. And we post all kinds of, um, like, bonus material from um, having to do with the episodes. Um, we post media, things like that. And it's just kind of a... Um, the Facebook group is more of a discussion group for 
us to talk about whatever kind of shit you want to talk about. Um, so hang out with us. We like to hear from you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. We get yeah. lonely. We get lonely in the podcast loft. Yeah, we do. The podcast loft lit by our sick wicks candle. Hells yeah. By the way, the loft smells fucking amazing It right absolutely now. does. Smells like Satan's den. It does. Kind of perfect for the Hellfire, Hellfire Club topic. That's true. All right. So until next time. And as always, stay, stay spooky. spooky.